This is an interview with Homestyle Surgery on Tuesday, December 21st, 2021 by Nick Perkel. Now, uh, Jonas, can you please tell me about uh, getting your first guitar? Uh, getting my first guitar, it was uh, it was like an acoustic guitar made for kids. Like it's a little bit like like a toy, you could say. And I think I was in kindergarten or something like that. So I was maybe six years old or something like that. And it was uh, I think it was a Christmas gift actually. What kind of music lessons have you taken over the years? Uh, I haven't really taken any. Uh, I'm I mostly self-taught. I I think I've attended one two lessons or something like that. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. You see, uh, can you tell me about getting your first guitar? Oh yeah, well, uh, actually, when I first get into more seriously on on music, it was like I was on fifth or sixth grade, and uh, Joel, who was the former singer of Homestyle Surgery, uh, bought, bought himself a guitar and we were the best friends back then and I thought that uh, that's stupid. I, I know we dig music now, but like playing music, that's stupid. But I don't know, I just had to get my own guitar after, after then and then we started uh, to, uh, well, actually play with our instruments. We didn't know how to play them, but we were kind of uh, tor- torturing them the way we uh, where we could, and it was a uh, you know Harley Benton style cheap guitar from like a convenience store or something um, that my grandparents actually actually bought me, and I don't know. I think I still have it somewhere. Now I know I have mine. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jonas, um, what were the most influential? albums for you as a growing musician when you were younger? Uh, this was a tough one. Um, I wrote down Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind and uh, that is still one of my favorite albums so I think it actually uh, it, it belongs to the list and uh, I don't know if it has made uh, any big influence on me as a musician but uh, Definitely, it was one of the first metal albums that I listened, and uh, I, I still like it a lot. Second one that I wrote down was uh, Aldi Meola's uh, Land of the Midnight Sun, and uh, Fusion Jazz Classic, and there I picked up a lot of things to lead things and melodies and solos and stuff like that. And third one, Rainbows Rising. Also, I don't know if it made like uh, any big change in my musical direction, but uh, one of my all-time favorite albums. You see, uh, what about you? What were some big uh, influential albums for yourself? Well, mine's not that different. It starts with Iron Maiden. Oh, oh, actually, it starts with Lordi. Which is the Eurovision winner, winner of uh, from only Eurovision winner from Finland? They are this uh, shock rock monster rock band that plays I don't know 80s type radio oriented metal 
uh, and they have these monster costumes. And when I was a kid and I liked all the monster stuff, of course, so I obviously uh, ducked them. But uh, when uh, in my pre-teens, my cousin uh, introduced me to Iron Maiden. And of course, that that's when the uh, shit got real, as they, as they say. And for me, the album was Life After Death, because first uh, album I heard from them was uh, Number of the Beast. But then I, then I, when we were to visit, when we were visiting uh, the uh, nearest uh, bigger city, Rovaniemi, there I visit a record shop and and I grabbed Life After Death and the opening song, uh, Churchill's Speech and Aces High were so good that I was blown away. And after that, it was all about metal. And I don't know, maybe then after that. It, it turned into more heavier, heavier stuff, and I think Venom's black metal, maybe, it was the last nail in the coffin that made me what I am as a musician or music listener today. Now, uh, Jonas, can you tell me about the first band you were in? Yeah, sure, sure I can. It's actually Homestand Surgery, but uh, it was called Slasher back in the day when we first started the band, and uh, it was Basically, me and the previous singer, Joel, that just started to play for fun. I think Joel had a couple of his own songs, and uh, then quite quickly, Jussi joined us. And uh, was the first demo actually called Slasher, Jussi? Do you remember? Or was it Homestead Searcher? I, I think it was recorded under the name Slasher, but but when we released it, it was, we yeah. changed it to Homestead Searcher. Yeah, the first so gig was under the name Slasher. Yeah, in 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 our school. <laughs> yeah, and in a band competition competition too. Yeah, also that. So yeah, first band is uh, pre home style surgery. Now, uh, you see, were you in a band before home style surgery? Ah, uh, no, no, I I wasn't very experienced with anything musical before before home style surgery, which what which was called. Uh, slasher at the time, so I just joined uh, Jonas and Joel, and that became our first band. Can you tell me about how you guys came up with the name for uh, Homestyle Surgery? Uh, it actually comes from an Australian uh, trash metal band. I think they only released like one demo or something like that, and it's called uh, Crematory, and they had a demo called Homestyle Surgery. And uh, we didn't really like the name Slasher, and uh, it was quite generic name, and it didn't really work. So we had to come up with something else. And I think that was maybe the only suggestion for that. Yeah, and, we were having uh, yeah we were having trouble with renaming the band since there were so yeah. many Slasher <laughs> bands called Slasher, uh, and. Yeah. And uh, it was trendy at the time to name your new trash band. Uh, um, take the name for for your trash band from a you know classic trash album like Bounded by Blood and all that stuff. Mm. So so we, we we went with the more underground, maybe not <laughs> maybe not a classic release, but I don't know. I guess we we liked Cremator's Pompstar Surgery back then, and I don't know. I still I still like it, but I'm not an English speaker. I have heard that. The name is kind of silly for some people, but I don't know. Yeah. I, still like it. I still like it. I, I like it too, and I think it 
kind of fits our theme. Our lyrics are not always that serious, and uh, it kind of fits the horror movie theme that we still a little bit have. So I'm I'm still happy with it. I see. Now, can you tell me a bit about the history of homestyle surgery? History. You know, I go. Yeah. Well, I think I was. I was on sixth grade when Joel was talking about forming a band and uh, we started to play mostly covers in the beginning if I recall correctly but yeah he did have some one two of his own songs that we all, all were starting with so we didn't only have covers but the problem in the beginning was always with the drummers I think we had three or four different drummers and uh, we didn't really have any space where to practice and uh, then quite quickly it was maybe barely a year and usually joined us I would say and after that the band actually started to be more like a proper band even though we were still practicing at Yusri's parents houses uh, warehouse it was uh, how would you describe that space, you see? I don't know. Like, uh, like tiny, very, very, tiny and sweaty, at least. It had very narrow. We we couldn't yeah. even... Uh, we had to be like in a row when we were playing. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It, 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 like it wasn't really practical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the problem with... Uh, with uh, with uh, uh, living living in a, spa- a place like... Pella, which we grew up in, which is a little town uh, in the border of border of Sweden in the northern Finland, and that if you don't hunt or do sports, you just, your only option might be to start a band and listen to metal. And there were like I don't know three three guys who liked metal, and that was us, and we all played guitar. So <laughs> at, at the first we had some problem with with uh, getting a drummer or getting a bass player, but uh, I don't know, maybe we convinced our dearest friends to get into metal and all <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff, and yeah. suddenly there was a drummer in Joni uh, who started from nothing but turned out awesome and crazy drummer in, a, I don't know, a very, very short, short time. And then there is yeah. Tommy, who is also from, from Bella, my uh, ex-neighbor and uh, he joined him for bass and that was the lineup and we we had this line had this lineup for 10 years now or maybe over 10 years and and it was quite good description that you said convincing your closest friends because Tommy also took his brother's bass when he joined the (laughs) band so it wasn't even his he started to play with his brother's bass so yeah, and I remember I called Yoni one morning that, do you want to start playing drums for us? And he was like, sure, I do, but I can't play them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we convinced him, and uh, that was a good decision, because he's a really amazing drummer. Now, how did the songwriting dynamic change going from trauma gallery to brain drills poetry? Well, there is... Uh... 10-year history of songwriting before Trauma Gallery came out, so we were pretty pretty poor and and we didn't have 
time to go to uh, time or money to go to studio. So we made uh, several de demos and self-released independent releases with uh, mixed quality of production, uh, uh, which was kind of our. Uh, you you can see the path to song songwriting and and I don't know the I was I became the main songwriter at some point maybe because I sit in my whole room all day and just wrote riffs and riffs and riffs maybe all of them were not good but I didn't mind that and uh, then we just went to practice space and I had these all riffs and we just uh, rehearse them and that's the way we went like 10 years almost do you mm. have anything to add Jonas before we go to well, yeah, it, stuff? we've never been the kind of band who goes to their practice space and starts from scratch there it's yeah we I think we have tried it but it's <laughs> it absolutely doesn't work it's it's horrible to work that way <laughs> with this kind of music and uh, five people in your band it, it doesn't work uh, so Yusti has always had uh, like the songs have been 80% there and uh, maybe we have done some minor changes to them taken some parts out but uh, when we start to practice the songs, they are already like playable. They they work, if not perfectly, but they are quite close to being ready. Yeah, and that's how we went for like ten years. And after at the Trauma Gallery, we were the band was the working in the band was slowing down because uh, some of us moved to uh, even other countries to work and. To other cities, to uh, other side of Finland, to study and to work, and you know, life life got in the way for for many of us. But still, we still we wanted to do an album and occasionally shows. But it was obvious that I can't just keep doing hundreds hundreds songs per songs per year. And then I started to like uh, go through my archives and just get the coolest rips I noticed and cut all the bullshit out and I kind of kind of cut and pasted the songs for this uh, new album but I don't know to me it still sounds like the songs are flowing naturally they're they they don't sound like copy and pasted but that uh, cut and pasted sorry uh, we are not <laughs> copying anyone but but uh, I don't know they, they uh, to me they feel natural but but that's like the that's the top of the my riff archive iceberg that I had in my computer and yeah that's the uh, diamond diamond from that pile and I don't know I think it turned out great even though the process was pretty uh, strange and. Uh... Also, we were quite critical towards the songs this time around, and uh, we dropped something completely out of the album. Also, so maybe maybe in that that uh, way changed from Trauma Gallery. Trauma Gallery has more longer; they are longer the songs than Braidwell Poetry, and I think we were more critical towards them, and it, it was it was good. I, I like this album more than the debut album. Jonas, can you tell me about your three favorite solos on Brain Drill Poetry? 
sure, uh, I can. Uh, it's it's really difficult to pick three. Uh, all of the songs, uh, not all of them has solos, but there is something interesting in every song. But uh, these are not in any particular order, but first one I have Axo in Distance. I, I like that it has a bit of this Chris Poland style thing going on. It has some basic pentatonic and some basic sweeping, but it has also a tad bit of fusion jazz in it, and uh, I, I really dig that solo. And uh, the second one, Surgical Sculpture, the outro solo, I like. It's quite melodic, and the whole, well, the whole chorus that the songs ends in, it's it's not very typical for us. It's it's very melodic. And third one is Fade into Grey, and it's here because it was a struggle to come up with anything for the song, but. Uh, I really like that solo. It, it was horrible to come up with anything. It was so difficult. I don't know. I had some big block going on when I tried to record, but uh, then it just came out of nowhere, and uh, I'm really happy with that one as well. So, Axel in Distance, Surgical Sculpture, and Fade into Grey. Uh, you see, what were your three picks? Well, uh, all the solos are played by Jonas here because because... Uh, I'm I'm the riff guy and Jonas is the lead guy. So, uh, well, first thing you I I actually noticed when I was listening to the solos uh, solos on the album that there's not actually that many solos or solo sections, but there are many cool uh, lead guitar uh, spices here and there, like Jonas said. And my three favorites are the more melodic ones. Uh, in Petrified in Vertigo, I don't know, not the uh, C section, but I don't know, maybe the uh, X section where where it <laughs> gets to the breakdown section and there is this more um, um, melodic thing going on. That's cool. And also Surgical Sculpture, sculpture the ending solo, it's just something else. It's so, uh, even, even though it uh, has this kind of loop thing, I don't know, it's just so... Uh, nice, and uh, you can you can feel it right there. And I, I go with action in action in distance. Also, it's it's uh, one of my favorite songs anyway. And the solo is just uh, it's a cherry on the top. How has dealing with COVID in Finland changed how you compose music and perform concerts? When we were in the middle of making the album, it uh, affected us quite some because we had new singer. And uh, we didn't really have any sort of vocal idea, so we had to do these things through WhatsApp or something like that. And uh, then the new singer was recording all by himself, and he was in a new band, so it was... Uh, I am uh, surprised that they came out this good, because they are really, really good vocals. I think that that was uh, the thing that affected us the most, that we couldn't actually work together for the album. But I don't know, like we were talking earlier, Yusu, what do you think? I don't think it has changed anything with composing anything. I think uh, it's the same. Yeah, I, I moved to st study like six years ago, 
I have since graduated, but but for six years we were doing this kind of like distance working thing with the band already. And then I uh, few few times a month I just came came in for practice and we mainly practiced new songs. And if we had a show, of course, uh, I can uh, came to Rovaniemi to practice then. But but yeah, we had kind of uh, we had already this distance thing going on so it felt it it has felt natural but performing concerts is another thing i don't know uh, i've been trying to uh, do a show with my other band for a, for a while now and uh, it's 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 not i think it's not happening even yet cuz cuz the covid is always messing things up and i haven't even been to that many shows so since for such a long time i I visited like oh, I went to like three shows this fall in this uh, few month window because all the clubs were closed and things are closed and now they're planning to close everything again. So uh, COVID has has surely missed performing concerts and all the stuff and we haven't uh, we haven't even uh, tried that. Uh, you know, online distance show show thing. I don't think that's our our thing. But who knows? Uh, but uh, working with with the band in this COVID era has been it it has been nice and it has worked pretty good, better than you would expect. Well, what's the name of your other band, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah, I play in play in uh, two other bands, actually three. Uh, one of them is called Javelin, like Javelin, but with the uh, umlaut A. Uh, it plays black trash, trash and roll, black and roll kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's trash metal band, but it's the opposite direction of Homestar Surgery. It's so simple and and uh, in your in your face stuff that that's not too that's not uh, to be taken too seriously. But it's fun. And then I have this grindcore slash death metal band called Major Mistake, and actually Joel, who who used to sing for Homestar Surgery for ten years, he, uh, he actually plays drums in uh, Major Mistake, so we're still doing music together. And then I just formed a new new hardcore kind kind of speed metal band called Ravenous Medicine, of course, uh, kind of. Uh, dedicated to Voivod. We're big Voivod fans in the band, so uh, those are the projects I have, projects I'm working on at the moment. Y- Jonas, uh, are you in any oh. of their bands? <laughs> uh, not really, no. This has uh, been my only project, uh, and at the moment I've been doing some songs, but I don't know if I will form a project for those quite yet. I, I want to graduate first, at least. Do you have different answers for your all-time favorite concert you've played? I, I don't know. Yusu, what, what do you have? I don't know I your have, answer. Uh, <laughs> well, I have uh, Yellow well, Metalli. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, you, have you go else? ahead. You, you go ahead. Tell us more about that. Well, it was... I don't think they have Yellow Metalli anymore. I don't think it's being held anymore. But anyway, it was a really good metal festival in Oulu that is uh, 
quite far from Helsinki, so it, it always had a special special place and it, it had a special vibe. It was quite far away from the other big festivals and we were playing there. Was it the second day and we were the opening act of the second day? So you could imagine that uh, people are hangover and we were thinking that nobody will show up and it won't be that special of a show, but it actually turned out to be a lot of fun. And there were some people there also. And, yeah, uh, yeah, there yeah. were people and, and some reviews actually actually called that it was it was one of the best shows of the whole festival. Yes, I was just coming to that, that some reports like like this really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also would mention mention Yellow Metalli Festival, but also uh, I got to give it up to hometown hometown metalheads uh, in Rovaniemi. We all the shows in Rovaniemi have been great, and yeah. the um, audience is always excited, and it's it's good time. It's a good time. Yeah, there was this uh, rock restaurant, rock bar, uh, Grande. That's actually we won't play any more shows there because they changed their style a little bit but all the shows in Grande have been really really nice as well Jonas uh what are your most your three most cherished Finnish albums in your collection uh here I will have to mention Stone or Stone as we call it in Finland and their second album No Anesthesia it was probably the first proper trash metal album that I listened to after the debut album. But anyway, it made a huge impact on me and uh, it has to be the number one album on this Finnish list. Uh, second one, I would have uh, Jukka Tolonen's debut album. He's a Finnish fusion jazz guitarist. And the third one would be Flaming Sideburns, Hallelujah, Rock and Roll. That's uh, early 2000s Scandinavian rock act. Really, really great rock and roll album. You see, what is your list? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Stone too. And uh, to me, Stone has been like the most important band that I need mention in the influential albums list uh, because this came later but uh, Stone is kind of a Finnish classic in the thrash metal and speed metal scene from the from the late 80s and they were like the biggest band around and they even tried to conquer America but but I don't know that, that didn't quite happen but Stone's second album No Anesthesia production is perfect uh, riffs are perfect, and I don't know, vocals are not perfect, but anything, everything else is, and I don't know, that's kind of main influence for Homestyle Surgery too. Technical, not not even not boring, always uh, going to places, uh, going all uh, for reaching for new heights, trash metal with uh, a unique thing going on and nice hooks too here and there. Uh, my second album would be. Fire in the Brain by Oz, not Ozzy, but Oz, this Finnish heavy metal band. I think they moved to Sweden at some point, 
but uh, their their finish band, of course, and and Fire in the Brain is, I think, their favorite. Uh, my my favorite album from from them. Just good old 80s pure heavy metal in the truest form. And third album, uh, I'm going to pick something from Xisma, which is band from Turku, and they're famous for being one of the first grindcore and heaviest grindcore bands back in the early 90s. Their demo, Swarming of the Maggots, when I heard it the first time, I, I was like, I was shocked. What, what is this? How can you make this kind of sound? Napalm Death was nothing compared to that. So I don't know, maybe I go with uh, Swarming with the Maggots now that I got it in my collection finally when they released it in Axisma collection. But Axisma uh, is a band to definite, definitely to check out. They change their style in every, every album and kind of evolved from uh, weird death metal grind band to rock and roll band at some point. So. Uh, those are my picks. Jonas, what's your favorite uh, Finnish urban legend or ghost story? Uh, I personally don't have any, but we were talking with Jussi about something, but uh, it has to be Jussi who tells it because you remember it a little bit better. Okay, I can, I can, I can try. Uh, uh, this one came to mind. Uh, this story was told to me by... Uh, actually, uh, our uh, former singer Joel's step stepfather, who is uh, a reindeer herder, reindeer herder—that's a tough word for a Finnish person. But but uh, uh, herding reindeer, and uh, he he told that this actually happened to him. So um, uh, one night, when there, he and his reindeer herder buddies were returning from the uh, woods to home, uh, this guy uh, noticed a cabin in the woods and said to others that he's going to stay there because because it's a long way home and it's already dark and cold. Uh, the other guys uh, told him that, don't you know that it's haunted cabin? And he was like, yeah, uh, you have you have made, had too many uh, moonshine shots or something. You go home and uh, sleep your head. Uh, sleep, sleep it off and uh, stop making up these stories and maybe he was drunk as well but but then he uh, entered he was a big guy so maybe he wasn't scared of ghosts so uh, he he went to the cabin uh, and found a bed or couch or something from there and uh, went to sleep but uh, suddenly he heard some footsteps or rambling and and that kind of uh, extra noise. He thought it was the wind, but then he swore he heard that a voice said something like, uh, "There's only you and me." And this guy was like, "Oh, okay. He's he must be imagining things." And uh, he tried to sleep. He tried to kind uh, of uh, uh, he kind of forget it, forget it and try to sleep. But then the rumbling got louder, and there was even more more noise. Uh, plates were shaking in the kitchen and he heard the voice again it whispered to him there's only you and me and uh, now he was getting kind of angry and maybe a little scared uh, he didn't show show it when he, when he told me this story tried to sleep again but then the plates and all that kind of uh, stuff were just uh, uh, yeeting from the from the 
counters and smashed to the ground and uh, stuff were getting broken and and then the voice shouted to him there's only you and me you get it and then this guy uh, he just got up went to their door and said well now it's only you and fucking left and went home <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know if that's true but that's what he told me Cool story. Uh, would you like to go back to any questions? Well, I don't know. I I think we got everything. Maybe maybe main thing is that we were five guys who were stuck in in a small town in Lapland. We had nothing better to do than get crazy about metal and start to practice some instruments. And uh, now we are here. Oh, and uh, very important. How can uh people uh, track down your album it's on spotify and other streaming platforms that's the easiest way but it's also available on uh, many different stores worldwide on cd yeah it's uh, at the moment it's only on digital and cd format if any <laughs> interested labels are listening we can we do a vinyl vinyl release too but yeah uh, spotify bandcamp and those sort of streaming platforms, you should find it. And uh, what's like your social media links, like uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that jazz? Uh, Instagram and Facebook, we are actually only using Instagram. It's just Homestyle Surgery, and I think Facebook, you will find also us with Homestyle Surgery or Homestyle Surgery Finland. This has been an interview with Homestyle Surgery on Tuesday, December 21st, 2021 by Nick Perkel.